Hello again, my name's Andy, I teach creative writing and I write children's fiction under the pseudonym A.P. Winter. I wanted to spend this episode talking about style. By this we mean the recognisable fingerprint to your writing. The thing that, if someone were being your ghostwriter, they would try to emulate. This relates to the full spectrum of the way language is used in your writing, so word choice, the length of sentences, the balance of imagery, actions, introspection and dialogue, and even the punctuation you use. Depending on where you're at with your writing, I know that might sound a little daunting, but if that's the case, I hope by the end of the episode it will seem a bit more accessible. And I should start off by saying that style in writing is a very personal thing. Some styles are more easily identifiable than others, but in my experience, everyone has a sense of style to their writing, even if they're not necessarily trying to create one. It's not for me to try to impart rules to you about what your style should be, or even to recommend styles that you could emulate. Instead, I'm just going to talk a little bit about how you might start exploring it in your writing. When I worked in a bookshop, I was introduced to a strange phenomenon. Sometimes we would move a display table to a new location for basically no reason. But just by moving it, something magical happened. Invariably, a table of books that might have been ignored suddenly seemed to get a lot of attention. And it wasn't just from older men who wanted to offer advice on how to move the table. The aura of interest seemed to last all day, whether people had witnessed the act of rearranging or not. I remember I asked my manager at the time why he thought this effect happened, and I obviously wasn't paying as much attention to his reply as I should have, because I can't exactly remember what he said, but it was something about how it just seemed to put soul into things. I think we can appreciate a similar effect when we hear poetry in a language that we can't decipher, or see an ancient carving with a significance that has been lost. We register the importance of some craft taking place, and that's enough to make it stand out to us, and perhaps enough to make us alert to the appreciation of some quality in the thing which is being shared. Basically, the fact that someone has put work into something makes it seem immediately interesting, even if we don't know exactly why they've done it, or even consciously know what they've done. Style, to me, means finding the craft in your endeavour, asserting little choices, and then applying them consistently in your work in a way which collectively makes a difference to the way the reader experiences your writing. This takes a bit of confidence, not least because a reader will very rarely see the purpose of little choices you've made, and won't be able to appraise anything other than the finished product. On your journey to the final draft, you're creating all these shadow pathways, places where you haven't gone with your writing, words that you haven't included. Or, conversely, things you knew you could cut without losing a sense of meaning, but which you've included anyway, the kind of apparently pointless embellishment that is perhaps the root of all human artistic endeavours. The reader doesn't see all that. You really have to know yourself and have a good idea of your intentions to say, this is exactly the style I wanted to create.
Okay, I know this is all creating perhaps a sense of writing as a bit vague and inapproachable, and that's the opposite of why I do these podcasts. So I want to share an exercise which I hope demonstrates that even if there's some deep thinking behind style, the practical side isn't as mysterious as it might seem. I'd like you to start by doing some automatic writing. So pick a topic, make it something that people talk about all the time, wherever you live, so that it's as easy as possible to write about. If you're from the UK, writing about the weather will come naturally, but it really can be anything. And then write about that topic without pausing, without trying to correct yourself, without overthinking for five minutes. Now the real exercise begins. Have a go at rewriting the piece of prose that you've just completed, but this time without using the words was or the. If that's too easy for you, or if you're writing in a different language, choose another word that you commonly deploy in everyday writing and make it your mission to completely remove it from your work. The point with this is to make yourself pause, to have to consider your words carefully, to have to rewrite and rearrange whole sentences to produce a different effect, rather than just chopping and changing a few words. When you've finished, have a read of what you've created. Does it seem significantly different from your first draft? If not, you might already have a style at work in your writing, perhaps short sentences focusing on strong nouns and verbs. If there is a big change, this hopefully shows what happens when you just make one choice about your writing and see where it takes you. This, in essence, is style. And you'll notice that it's come from a fairly simple choice, something that's easy to grasp and has, in most cases, I think, a significant effect. I'm not saying that this omission of words is all style is, but I hope you can see that there's a process here. Making a language choice, experimenting with it, seeing if you like the result, and then applying the things you like from what you've created to your writing moving ahead. A couple more points on this in case it's all sounding a bit odd. Happily, as I mentioned earlier, there's probably a style at play in your work already, whether you've tried to evoke one or not. You'll have biases towards particular words or ways of phrasing, and this is especially true if you naturally try to write as you might speak. And another fun way to explore style is to record yourself telling a story off the top of your head, then try typing it up, and then try editing it to see if there are any obvious improvements you could make. Often this helps get away from the kind of rigid written communication we might use in, say, an email to a colleague, and also to help escape that weird I'm writing a novel now voice that creeps in with some early attempts at fiction too. Another thing to be aware of is that style in children's fiction presents a unique challenge in that sometimes you're making choices about style for a specific age group. If you make things too unfamiliar, either by including or excluding too much of what might make your writing easy to read, there's a risk you're making the work inaccessible for the reader. A big part of my thinking of the style of my first children's novel was to write for children that don't think they enjoy reading, so using shorter sentences, in most instances if I could find a shorter way of writing a sentence, I did, 
but also clear images, lots of action and dialogue, all to make the events in the prose as transparent as possible. And this sets up its own challenges, um, I would say firstly with agents and publishers, who seem to find that the easier something is to read, the more suspect they should be of its merits. Um, but also because those things that have been omitted can make it easier for the writer to do some things in the text. So to clarify feelings in more detail, for example, or set up atmosphere, or generally show off a bit with more complex writing flourishes. So there's a payoff taking place, and some readers will love it, but some readers will also hate it. Uh, my view was that it included more readers overall. Other children's authors choose to deliberately embellish their writing and sometimes make it challenging as a way to show the beauty of language to younger readers, which is just as admirable. And again, some children will love this, but others will be bemused and lost. I hope you can see what I'm getting at here about the choices you make in scoping your fiction. It can be hard to accept as a writer, but you really can't write a piece of work that everyone will love. You can only choose the style you want to pursue, write something you love, and hope for the best. Okay, I'm going to close there. Apologies, um, first of all, that it's been a while getting a new posting up. Life intervenes. Um, but for anyone that's been asking, I am intending to keep making the podcast as long as I can. It means a lot to hear that people are getting something out of these episodes, and that people have enjoyed the supporting book too. Um, someone got in touch to ask where they can find it. It is only available through Amazon, I'm afraid, but you can order an ebook or physical copy by searching Writing Children's Fiction Scene Play or by clicking the link in the description of this episode. Thank you, as always, to everyone that has shared the podcast and left kind ratings and reviews and also for the kind donations over this past month. Um, you can support the podcast with the price of a coffee through the Buy Me a Coffee link again. That's also in the description. Okay, I'll aim to have something else to share soon, and I hope you'll join me then. Bye.